0: Don't really care. I'm only gonna say this once. When I hear we're here to take over. This is gonna be fun. You're killing your father, Larry. The people know it! <laughs> I see what all the excitement is about. Yeah, my man, I made it happen. Hi, I'm Paul.
1: Three, two, one, here we go. Let's get started what's going on everybody welcome back to another episode of the paul show my name is P A U L paul and uh this is the second episode that doesn't that involves someone other than me and uh i have the privilege of being joined by my good friend lauren hilton lauren what's up
0: hello happy to be here
1: yeah how's it going
0: you know i'm I'm doing well
1: holding up kind of boarding up your apartment (laughs) almost yeah no shit um so the reason I wanted to have you on was because I, uh, we were at Tipsy Crow, whenever it was, and you were telling me about an idea you had, and so I wanted, to, I told you you should come on here and just hash it out. So talk to me a little bit about the idea you have, what you wanna do, all that stuff.
0: Yeah, so I'm a UX designer, and what that means is I design applications and websites. And I got an idea to start, like, a blog slash, like, podcast thing. I don't really know how that's going to go, but I just thought it'd be interesting to kind of bring a different perspective yeah. into that field. Um,
1: so just content centered around, yeah, like around just, UX? Yeah.
0: I think there's a lot of, like, different topics and stuff within it. And, like, granted, there are, like, UX podcasts out there, but I just thought it'd be fun to get my voice out in there.
1: Yeah. Are the UX podcasts that are out there, are they... Are they exciting? Are they like.
0: I don't enjoy
1: many of them, to be <laughs> honest.
0: I don't know. They're just kind of dry and like, there's not like many actionable things you can learn from. Yeah. So I think just like providing more things that people can actually like do. Yeah. Would be my main goal.
1: That's awesome. The, um, well, like I had never heard of UX. I, I had never heard of it until you said something. And then I was like, I, I still. So, so you design UX, just so I'm clear you design like when you get to a website the home page where the buttons are how that's all laid out that's what you're designing is that yeah. right
0: from like a high level that's that's essentially it okay. but like as a ux designer there's like kind of a lot that goes in behind the right. scenes so it's like basically anything from like understanding a problem to like interviewing people to understand the problem more and then designing a solution based around like what people's problems are so So it's It's just like
1: routing, rerouting? Yeah. Okay.
0: It's essentially just like problem solving and then designing. But a lot of people think it's just like designing because that's all they see. But there's a lot of stuff that goes on in the background. So it's kind of like a tedious process,
1: I would say. I bet. Is it like, is it very, is it more code intensive or is it more uh, visual design intensive?
0: So it depends on like what company you work at. A lot of companies will have like specializations where you're only doing like research, or you're only designing like the visual elements, or there are some like hybrid people who research, design, and develop the solution. So for me, primarily, I do most of the research and designing, and then I hand it off to developers. But
1: yeah. oh, dang, that's that's cool. I like how how did you how did you first hear about you? Like how did that whole process start for you? Because like I, 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 I had never heard of it until. Like a few months ago. So
0: yeah, so I started off as a developer and Mm -hmm. that's when I started working with UX designers And my dad is also a developer So he kind of told me that UX would probably be more my thing because I really like the problem-solving aspect of it But coding was just too like boring and monotonous So yeah, I like the like the creative aspect of like actually designing things and like solving for them so I think just working with UX designers and then I took a lot of like online courses outside of school so I could like get certified technically because there aren't like that many undergrad majors for it. There's a lot of like master's programs and stuff, but I was in college at the time. So I just did a lot of like outside learning and then doing it on my own to figure out like what I was doing.
1: Yeah. So like if somebody if somebody hears that and says like that sounds like something I want to do, where, like, what's the starting line? Like, where should somebody start and, and like, what's their first kind of toes in the water with UX? Yeah,
0: I would say there's a lot of good, like, online courses out there um, yeah. through, like, Coursera. Um, Springboard is where I got my UX certification. There's, like, lynda.com. There's a lot of, like, free resources out there that you can mm-hmm. use. And a lot of it is just like learning by doing. So like making your own projects and stuff, I think, was kind of how I got started. So like I would identify like a website that looked really bad and then I would turn it into something that looked better. And then I'd be like, okay, that was kind of easy. So it's just kind of a lot of like trial and error. Like I was really bad at the beginning, (sighs) but yeah, I think just learning as much as you can online is Mm -hmm. the best way to go about it.
1: So like uh, when I I designed my website, I did it all on Squarespace. So does somebody look somebody like you look at Squarespace and like that is kindergarten level bullshit or is that or is that like a valid tool that's like you know what I mean? like is that is that a, a reasonable thing to use?
0: It's definitely reasonable. I okay. use Squarespace for a lot of things. Yeah. I think like as technology improves, there's a lot of like no code like website platforms that you can use. so that's a really good thing for designers not so much developers, but (laughs) I think it's a really good thing. Um, There's another tool called Webflow, which is a lot harder to use than Squarespace, but a lot of designers are switching to using that. Like when you first get started, like it's really frustrating when you design something and you wanna like publish an app, but you don't have a developer to work with to like actually push it out. So there's a lot of like no code applications that you can use to start doing that. So I'm a big fan of Squarespace, honestly.
1: (laughs) Okay, good. I I don't feel like a total fucking fraud no um but uh you went to so last summer you went you were in pittsburgh for yes was it for ux tell me about yeah
0: so i was a research assistant at carnegie mellon university and i was within their human computer interaction institute which is one of the best in the world they have like one of the best like graduate programs so i was really lucky to get that opportunity just because like all the professors there are super smart and everything so I don't know how they got me in there, but I, I was in. Um, so basically what I did, everybody was assigned to a different project. And um, essentially what I worked on was a, like an application for doctors to use to diagnose patients and then it would collect data so then they could inform like their decisions based off of that, like moving forward. Like if so many people had a fever of like 97, they also had like strep throat, and maybe there's like a link between that. So it was just like helping them use data to inform their decisions. So it was a really cool project, I think.
1: So were you working on the, were you working on the, um, like what the side that the doctors were using? Yeah. Okay. Yeah,
0: so it was an application for doctors. So we did a lot of like testing with doctors. We did a lot of like, just like watching them work in their situation and like what they were currently doing. So then we could understand how we could actually like make something to solve the problem.
1: Gotcha, gotcha. That's awesome. I. I had never, I had I never asked you like what actually was, was going on in Pittsburgh. So, yeah. um, and, and unfortunately Chandler Sturz came out and visited you in Pittsburgh. So that
0: he did a couple of times.
1: Yeah. That, that, that's a bummer <laughs> it ruins a summer. True. Um, but no, and when you went to Pittsburgh, I mean, obviously with me, you're going to have to talk about dogs. Yeah. So you took your dog to Pittsburgh. Is that right? Yes, I okay. did.
0: So. I drove out there with my car and Milo, my dog. He's a corgi. Mm-hmm. Um, we moved into a apartment that was 400 square feet, so it was a bit of adjustment for him.
1: Well, hey, look around. You know, this is this is basically that.
0: They don't really mind the space. It was a nice <laughs> apartment. They did have like a dog park on yeah. my like on my floor, so that was cool. But yeah, it was it was nice to have like a dog there with me because I was I lived
1: alone. Yeah. Um, what in like in a new city was that was it tough like going just kind of, I mean, it was only for a summer. So like, I'm sure that made it easier, but was it tough going just somewhere where you don't know anybody and, um, and you're just kind of there?
0: Yeah. I would say I definitely had like second thoughts leading up to like the first, like the two weeks before I left. But once I got there, like it wasn't that bad. I Mm -hmm. had like coworkers. I didn't really hang out with them that much, but (laughs) I mean, Whatever. But there's a lot of cool, like, areas. It was kind of nice to explore, like, by myself, like, different yeah. parks and stuff. And I could bring Milo if I wanted to. But, yeah, I think it was it was good. It wasn't that scary.
1: So was there, like, because uh, typically what I've run into when, when I see people who kind of go out on a limb like that, it, it ends up just being, like, one of the most important times of their life. Was that, was that the case?
0: Yeah. I would say, like, at the time it didn't feel like it was, like, that transformative just because, like, so I was working at Carnegie Mellon, but I was also working remotely for the company that I interned at previously. So I was mm-hmm. doing, like, two things at once, and it just seemed like a lot most times. But yeah. then, like, after I reflect on it, it was, like, definitely a really cool project to work on for Carnegie Mellon. And, like, I got to work on cool stuff, and I got to meet cool people. And we also got to tour, like, like tech companies in the area. I guess Pittsburgh has a lot. So we went to, like, Google, Facebook, and all of that. So
1: Dang. Was that the coolest thing you did in Pittsburgh, or was there something else that topped that list?
0: You know, they have a really good restaurant called Stacked. Stacked. And you make your own, like, customizable burger, so I really liked that. Blue Slide Park was cool, just because, you know, Yeah. I don't know what else. They have a lot of, like, museums in downtown Pittsburgh and a lot of cool, like, bars, like rooftop bars. I like those.
1: Yeah, yeah. Was it? Did it feel drastically different? Like just just living there and, and being in that was it a different culture than than here? Because like I've I've been to I've been to Pennsylvania once, but never into the heart of the city of of any of those big cities in in PA. And um, so like I, I always wonder like is the just what the culture is like there?
0: I would say it was like definitely a lot different. Just like in terms of like people walk everywhere they don't drive Mm -hmm. because there's absolutely no parking (laughs) the buildings are all like super old and like they've never been renovated or anything so Mm -hmm. there's like a mix of like new and old and then you also have to like think about the different suburbs that are in Pittsburgh so I lived in Shadyside but then there was like where I worked at, at Carnegie Mellon that whole district was known as like the tech area and then you have like downtown pittsburgh which was like a lot of like skyscrapers and like nobody really lives downtown but everybody works downtown mm-hmm. and it was interesting to have like uber drivers like tell you about the city like yeah. I had, like, a retired cop tell me about how, like, all these people, like, these young people are moving to Pittsburgh and they're ruining the city and stuff.
1: <laughs> and I was like, oh, all right. I'll always love to hear that. Yeah. Hey, hey, young person, you fuckers are ruining this for all of us.
0: Because then they talk about, like, the steel workers and stuff and, like, how it used to be and, like, how... Big steel town. All of them are, like, out of money now. Could you
1: smell the the iron? No.
0: It was kind of a smelly city, though, not gonna lie. Also very humid.
1: Well, I feel like anytime you go like somewhere industrial, that's just it, it, their primary industry is 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 manufacturing and that kind of thing. Like, yeah. it, it's gonna be stanky. Like, it's just it's not gonna it's be just stinky. <laughs> yeah, it's not not a pleasant uh, <laughs> not a pleasant experience. Uh, exactly, <laughs> an unpleasant waft. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but no, so. That's awesome. I, I had no idea about about any of that Pittsburgh stuff. So that's that's dope. It was a good time. Um I know before lockdown you were kinda of getting ready for a uh a fitness competition, is that I, right? I was, I was. Yeah, yeah, and then and then COVID came and just took that a, right away. Shot a big arrow in the heart of that idea.
0: <laughs> Not mad about that. I yeah. mean so I'd been bulking since like August and then yeah. in January I started cutting for the bikini show. And you know, it was it was hard, I would oh, yeah. say. Like towards the beginning I had a lot of hope cuz like my calories were still high, I had a lot of carbs, I was feeling good. And then like my weight loss started to stall, so then we had to keep decreasing and then by the time quarantine hit, like I wasn't eating that much and I was like I'm dying, like I'm <laughs> always by my like my fridge and stuff. So that was hard, and oh, like I bet. being around food all the time you're just like, "Fuck
1: I want to eat so was it was it hard like because what I assume when I when I'm like conceptualizing, okay, I need to get down to five percent body fat or w- whatever the number would be, it seems like that's such a that's such a mountain to climb like it, it, it just from for anybody like it doesn't matter um, like body or anything it just is like that's a tough mountain to climb and I'm sure it was yeah. really really hard I, I I have no aspirations to hop on a stage and that's part of the reason why is because yeah. I I like food and beer way too much but yeah
0: yeah I think it was just like hard because you have like a timeline of like when yeah. you need to get down to and like my coach would tell me like, okay we need to get down to like this weight, and then this weight, and then this weight, and like when you know when you don't see that on the scale, you're like, what am I not doing right? Yeah. So I don't know. What?
1: Yeah, it always seems like it should just be like a, yeah. like a progression downwards, but it's yeah never it never seems to go that way.
0: I would say I learned like a lot more about like eating and like dieting and like how oh, yeah. that affects like your metabolism and everything. Mm-hmm. So I think that that was nice to learn about. But mm-hmm. honestly, I don't think I will be stepping on stage this year. Maybe next year, but we'll we'll see.
1: Is that still something? Or are you like? Like, after going through some of the prep of it, are you more encouraged to do it? Are you more, like, um, more excited about doing it? Or is it something that you're you're just more, like, not for me?
0: I think I want to go through another, like, bulking phase just so I can see how high I can get my calories. So then when I do have to cut, I don't have to go so low. (laughs) But, yeah, I don't know. The posing aspect of it is kind of weird. Yeah. Like, I don't know I went to a couple of posing classes and it was just like you have to be a different type of like person to do this oh yeah
1: i i um th- there's people who like when I first started getting into working out i was i followed uh the guy who I followed a lot on YouTube was Steve Cook do you know who that is no okay so he's i mean he's on the biggest loser now he's one of the okay. coaches but anyways i I followed him on YouTube and he would always do he was in like uh men's physique contest mm-hmm. and he'd be like you know even if you're not like, a competitor, like, it's still beneficial to pose and just, like, look in the mirror, get that mind-muscle mind muscle connection and just feel it out. And I'm like, um, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I, it seems a little, it seems a little vain. Like, like I like the idea of going through a, a prep and doing, like, doing a show, because that's, yeah. like, a mountain to climb. Yeah. But, but, like, just, like, he's like, even if you're not, just pose. Yeah. I'm like, that's kind of where it gets... Fucking weird, right? Yeah. Like it, like just standing in the mirror.
0: I would say that the posing definitely helped me understand how people pose for pictures on Instagram, though. Oh yeah. Like I've learned how to like how to angle your body to make it look a certain way. So I think mm-hmm. that that was definitely something I can keep in
1: my toolbox. <laughs> <laughs> Save it pull, for a rainy day. Pull that out when you need it, <laughs> um, or, or just pull out the the convenient little edits. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that that, that works too. Just
0: what's that called? Facetune. Yeah. Face tune is what you do to
1: just cut those trim s- off the weight, just cut those sides. off. You don't off. even need a prep, perfect. <laughs> you can do it all virtually, and, and then throw your Oculus goggles on and just walk around <laughs> like you're fucking somebody. There you go, that's how you lose <laughs> weight. Perfect. Um, so like, what was your don't give too much away because I know you're working with a coach, mm-hmm. but like, what, what what did your split look like? For workouts,
0: yeah. So I do back and chest on Mondays. I do, so I do glutes and hamstrings on Tuesdays. Wednesdays are, I think, shoulders, just shoulders. I love shoulders. Uh, it's the best day. <laughs> Thursdays are glutes and quads, and then Friday is usually like upper body,
1: but so full upper body.
0: Yeah, I it like. My training changes, like, every, like, six to eight weeks just so I don't get bored with it. But, yeah. I don't know. I kind of like that training split. Sometimes I, like, switch up the leg days to do it on the weekends if I have a refeed
1: day, <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, uh, a refeed day is always is always necessary. It. Mm. I don't know if you're like me, but refeed days happen. Um, lately, they've been happening more so than, than restriction days. Yeah. But... Um, yeah, refeed days are always you get get that burst of carbs in yeah. you, you feel like you can run through a fucking wall.
0: And it's really good for your metabolism. That's what True. I learned like during a cut, so then your body doesn't like adapt to the low amount of calories, mm-hmm. but yeah, I enjoy refeed days. And now yeah. that I'm not prepping, I enjoy a couple more of
1: them if I need them. <laughs> I don't know. At this point it's just about fun and just Exactly. Working out, staying healthy.
0: I try to rationalize it with like, okay, if I'm doing shoulders, maybe I need some more carbs that day, you know? Yeah. I want I mean, bigger you, shoulders.
1: An intense yeah, an intense workout. You you gotta get the gotta get those calories in. <laughs> exactly. That's what I was thinking after I stop at Blaze after my workout. Um But no, uh I so when I started working out, the first one of the first things I did was I did a 30 day cut. Mm-hmm. it was a it was a fucking crash yeah like just it was like hammer yourself don't eat much and mm-hmm. like but but for real like going through something like that and it was just like an online deal but it, it yeah gave you like foods to eat and all this stuff so it was kind of just a pseudo coach mm-hmm. and uh like the best thing it did was just from doing that 30 days and getting down i mean dropping any kind of weight yeah i uh i just learned like Okay, what foods are good to eat? What foods are bad to eat? Like what? Right. It was like a crash course in just overall nutrition, and like, and that's been a nice little tool to have in the toolbox. Yeah. And like if I really need to, I can. Yeah. I can kick it in the ass for six weeks, and and I'm and I'm, home free. Exactly. But um, like like my triathlon. <laughs> <laughs> you did it. Hey, I I did it. It wasn't pretty. It wasn't uh it wasn't all that much fun, but. Did that's it. life. Yeah, such is life but um but no then we were talking also that you um you've used the app calm for meditation yes i love the calm app okay you you like it so my story with the calm app is i downloaded it and um and i was like yeah we'll try this so i signed up for the free trial Mm -hmm. and then it it was like the day after i was supposed to go in and cancel it i was like I, i was gonna go in and like cancel it so then $70 $70 later, yeah. I, I'm I'm in for a year. You so. know,
0: it's, it's a hefty price, but yeah. I think it's pretty good. So, like, I got it in December because, like, it was right around, like, the New Year's resolution time. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to meditate. And so then I got the app. I did the free trial, and I was like, okay, these are kind of good. Like, mm-hmm. I like that it's, like, guided meditation. Otherwise, I'm just like, I don't even know what I'm doing. But I think they have a lot of, like – So they have sleep stories. I really like those because I like to fall asleep to something.
1: Is that Matthew McConaughey?
0: Yeah, that was one. That's my favorite one. Puts me right to sleep. You know that
1: that Texas sultry voice just (laughs) makes you drift right off.
0: I've tried to listen to a couple other ones, but I think it's just his voice that
1: you know puts me right to sleep. Really, just soothes you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I, I'll be honest. I started the the McConaughey one a couple nights ago. I was like, I'll do some meditation, and then I saw the one for him sleeping, Mm -hmm. and he's like. And I had already sat down on the floor in my position, and then he's like, "All right, lay down on the pillow." And I'm like, "All right, McConaughey, I I can't do this tonight because I'm already I'm already out of bed." So, uh, but no, I mean it it's good. Have you done any of the just straight up meditations?
0: Yeah, so I do like the they have the daily calm. I yeah. usually do that one every morning because um, they just like switch it up the topic, yeah. so I kind of like that. They're only like ten minutes. Um, those
1: come out is it a new one every day
0: yeah they have like a new one every day and then after you finish it they give you a thing that you can share on Instagram so like sometimes I put that on my fitness Instagram just so they know (laughs) that like I meditated that day no but yeah I like those ones I've tried like the walking meditations those Mm -hmm. are pretty good I think it's just good to like like just sit there and focus on your breathing. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm really bad at it and mm-hmm. I like start thinking about other stuff. I'm like, okay, this is not the purpose of this. Yeah. Well,
1: but, it's just quieting your mind. Yeah. Like getting, getting all the kind of suppressing all of the noise and exactly. just all the, all the bullshit, all that. And
0: just, I, yeah. I think it helps like during the day, like keeping me focused and mm-hmm. not like thinking about random stuff, but mm-hmm. yeah, it could just be a mind
1: game. I've had times where like one of the, the first week I had it during the quote unquote trial <laughs> Um, it was, uh, <clears throat> sorry, I have Corona. Um, <laughs> uh, no, d- during the trial, I was, I used it one time cause I was gonna, I was just going to do a solo podcast, but I had a lot of like, just clutter in
0: the mind. Yeah. Just
1: mind clutter. Mm-hmm. And so I sat down to a little 15 minute meditation. Then I felt better. And then I came on here and murdered a podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, I feel like a lot of people like meditate and then they get mad when they don't like feel like benefits. But like what they point out on some of the ones like the daily columns is like you have to practice it every day and then you get better at it over time and stuff. So I think it's like you don't see like physical benefits when you do it, but like you can kind of feel like something.
1: Well, first of all, the physical benefits are going to be limited. Yeah. Regardless, because you are just sitting there breathing. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's not... You're not doing anything like it'd be different if you're doing like the the vacuum where you pull your stomach up or yeah. whatever. But like with a lot of those, you're just sitting there focusing on your breath. So there's only you're not going to get too many physical benefits out of mm-hmm. it anyways. It's I think a lot of it is just between the ears and
0: training the mind.
1: Yeah. train Bulletproof. <laughs> hey, have you done any of LeBron's?
0: I we did. We listened to it in the car one time. Mm-hmm. I think it was pretty good, you know. He talks yeah. about like winning a game and about how he just took a deep breath before he took the game-winning shot.
1: Yeah, I know. I yeah. It, LeBron, first of all, amazing man. <laughs> but uh, I listened to his I listened to his meditation and it was like, I put it in and I, I gave it an honest try, mm-hmm. a realistic honest try, and um, I I sat down, did the did the breathing, mm-hmm. listened to LeBron, and and once he started talking about. I was on the sidelines and I had to just sit down and, and focus on my breath. And, and then he's like, then I got up and made the game winning shot. So you know what? Here, here we go. I'm like, okay, I can't relate anymore. Exactly. Yeah. I was like, it wasn't
0: relatable. I mean, I mean, I think it was, it,
1: it, it's a good, like I always feel like the, the people who do those professionally, like the people who are on that app and yeah. are like calm app people,
0: Tamara, Love you.
1: Yeah, yeah. Shouts out to me. But no, uh, people who like do that professionally, they're. I feel like they're just so much like, better at it.
0: I think they're like trained at it too, to like be able to.
1: I mean, McConaughey's different. I could do a. Yeah. He needs to start doing. Hey, McConaughey, I know you're listening. Uh, Start pumping out some more meditations, (laughs) not just those sleepy stuff like. Whatever you got going on over there. But uh, did you see McConaughey's uh, his debut onto Instagram? No. Oh, it was. It was, was it good? Uh, I mean, it was a little creepy. It was just. It was. Uh,
0: did he talk in it though? Was he it did. Like a it video? was a video. Oh. And he,
1: uh, and he just had some really inappropriate laughs. <laughs> and some uh god damn it and and he he said monologue dialogue monologue dialogue uh, uh, he repeated that he's like he's like you know i, I he's like i want to have the monologue but i'm not quite sure i want to have the dialogue <laughs> <laughs> and uh and starts cracking himself up and then uh and then he was like and then he's like but you got to have the dialogue to have the monologue and i'm I'm, I'm watching the video and I'm like, that's a lot of logs, bro. Like <laughs> you better, you better relax with that kind of talk. I'm going to have to watch that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's uh pretty good. It, I, I loved it when people like, people took it as like, this is a, it, like my God, Matthew McConaughey's on <laughs> Instagram. This is a brilliant video. I mean, it was, um,
0: no substance.
1: It, it just is like, he's so weird. Yeah. He's <laughs> so, and, and, and like he's he's I love his I love his work. Like Interstellar, great movie. Mm-hmm. Um The Subaru commercial. Isn't he the Lincoln guy? I don't know, he's on some commercial where he's, he's in on the, the back Lincoln of the lawyer, truck. so he's the he's the Lincoln guy. Whatever he's on. Yeah. He just he peels off in those luxury cars <laughs> as he listens to himself put himself to sleep. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if he plays that in his Tesla. Because you know yeah. he has to have a Tesla. He definitely has I to. I mean, he, he's not just a Lincoln guy. He's definitely not. <clears throat> no, he's he's definitely got a Tesla. So my guess is he plays that in the Tesla, mm-hmm. turns on the self-driving and just... Falls asleep. Puts himself to sleep and just...
0: He definitely has to listen to his own sleep story. I know he does.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's... <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's quite the guy. I saw him on... Uh, he He was included in the... Lance Armstrong doc- documentary. Really? Yeah, he, apparently they went running all the time and like oh. um it, when Lance Armstrong retired from cycling but was still like famous and and like I mean he was still a cheater. Yeah. But, I mean uh, but it wasn't known at that point. Hmm. Like respect Lance Armstrong. Nobody could done what he did but yeah. Um the drugs probably helped. Uh, probably. <laughs> I mean I mean, I, just, I'm not gonna lie. I've thought about just lifting myself. I've thought about just hopping on the juice you because, know. well, I mean, like, what? What's the what's the hurt? What's there point? to lose?
0: You know, the only thing that was stopping me was that I was in like a natural federation for the bikini competition. So they do like a polygraph test and a drug test and like all of that stuff to make sure you're not on drugs. But
1: like, they they hire somebody to do a lie detector
0: test. Yep. I was actually signed up for it and I missed my appointment, but they didn't have the show. Yeah. But like. It's crazy.
1: Wait. So they give you like a, they give you like a drug test. Yes. Like like a physical drug test. And then they give you the polygraph.
0: Yeah. You have to like. On top of that? They had it in like the, they were supposed to have it in the hotel lobby. You take a polygraph test. Mm -hmm. I don't know Why?
1: That seems like a weird. Wouldn't you want like a controlled environment where?
0: That's what I thought. You're but like it's really quiet. I don't know. Not sure the logic behind that, but I think it's required for like every single, like in that federation, every competition.
1: Was it the. Uh, what, what what federation was it?
0: NANBF.
1: N-A-N-B-F. I forget Never what it was. stands for. Was it was it, riddled with corruption.
0: Well, I think the n p c is more oh yeah, like the n p c is more like famous, and like that's how everybody knows like what bikini competitions are, like that's how they got famous, but the n a n b f is more like lax like i I wouldn't say it's like easier to get like your professional card, but like there's less people that compete in that I okay mean, yeah yeah, and plus if you're in Des Moines, Iowa, not that many people are gonna come to Des Moines to compete, so
1: are you kidding me this is a this is a hot spot I'm, this is a eh, this is a vacation destination. That's
0: partially why I did the, why I signed up for the one that I was going to do is because I yeah. knew that not that many well, people. When was gone. it scheduled for? May 9th.
1: May 9th. Well. Wow.
0: That was like a month ago.
1: That's crazy. Time flies. It's June. It's it's summer. Um, yeah, that was, does it feel like 30 minutes? Yeah. It does? No. Is, are, you, are you just, are you sweating?
0: Yeah. I mean, I sweat a lot. No, I'm kidding. I get the sweaties.
1: Yeah, no, I do too. I, I, I have to wear like the tank while I, while I do these because <laughs> otherwise it just, I turn into a sweaty mess. Even if, <laughs> even if I'm the only one here, if I'm the only one here, I'll do these and I'll just be like, like I'll feel myself, myself just like n- with nervous energy. It's not even like I'm, I'm nervous, like stomach turning or anything, mm-hmm. but just like nervous energy and, and I start just pouring sweat.
0: Yeah, I can smell it. For all the viewers out there, i can smell it
1: yeah it's uh it's not a very uh it it's an unpleasant waft <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah no that um so the the podcast do you have any uh, circling back to that a little bit do you have any um ideas for names is it like what you're what you're thinking of naming it
0: yeah, so i have a name and a logo. Okay. It's called Behind the User Experience. Okay. It's kind of like behind, like what's what's happening on the back end, I don't know. Yeah. But that's all I've gotten so far. I do have a microphone.
1: You really? What kind?
0: I don't know what, I
1: don't know what kind. Just just a mic. I just bought a podcast microphone that I yeah. found. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much what I do with these too. <laughs> so, um so do you have like like what would be your your ideal First episode, getting into um, getting into the UX like podcast. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, like aside from an intro, put an intro aside. Mm-hmm. But like, very first piece of content that you're gonna that you're gonna put out there, what what's that gonna look like?
0: So I think one of the ideas that I've kind of been fleshing out is like the idea of analytics within like a product or like an application, mm-hmm. um, because there's a lot of like analytics around marketing, but there's not really stuff around like a specific application. And I think I might just do content based off of like what I'm working on at work. Mm -hmm. So like, I've been doing a lot in like analytics and like data driven design. So I think that those would probably be my first.
1: So you're not, you're not looking to target like the, um, the like entry level user experience. Somebody who's just like it doesn't sound like that's where you're headed with it.
0: You know, I thought about that. I think I might just make episodes based on how I see fit. So like, yeah, there might be some about like how to get an internship in UX. Cause like, that's something that I know. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm just going to do topics that I know about yeah. and kind of go from there. But
1: that, that's the, I mean, that's the best way to do it. Yeah. There's no, I mean, there's no perfect recipe to, yeah. to do. It just is like, you just have to do what you see fit and exactly move forward with it. But, um, yeah, I, I'm I'm pumped to see what it uh, what it turns into. Do you have any other projects you're working on?
0: So right now I'm in the process of revamping my portfolio. Mm-hmm. Not really for any purpose. Like portfolio is kind of like for when you're looking for jobs, but you never know.
1: Yeah,
0: don't listen to that if you're my employer. But <laughs> anyways, revamping that, and I'm also gonna incorporate like my blog on that, and then also the podcast. Also, I've been thinking about doing like some online courses, but. Th- people have to pay for because that's a good way to make money, especially if you do blogging with it. But those are just some ideas.
1: Yeah. So what would the, would the, would the course, I like that because would the course be, um, would the course be more focused toward the the beginner UX? Yeah. And, and then the, the podcast is kind of for people it, from what I'm getting. It's, it sounds like the podcast would be for people more in the know and, and yeah. more like hip to the lingo. Cause I mean, it if you start talking about analytics and, mm-hmm. and all that, I that may be about where I'm like, what the fuck is she talking about? Yeah.
0: I would say the podcast is more geared towards just like little bits of information that you kind of piece together on your own as mm-hmm. you see fit. And then the course, I thought about doing one for like students in UX, but that probably wouldn't be a big money maker because students don't really want to spend money on that. But maybe like an entry level, like how to get started in it. Um, maybe how to make a portfolio. Mm-hmm. Cause I've kind of revamped my portfolio like a thousand times now.
1: Yeah. Well, like the the other thing that uh, that, that I just thought of was you could do a <clears throat> you could do a um, some sort of like uh, for students, like you were saying, mm-hmm. and, and just do some kind of intro to UX for like like let's say you have a marketing yeah. student or or com- computer wh- whatever. Yeah. areas you had like you could do a ux something just to get their their foot in the door and yeah then, i mean i don't know how many ux jobs are out there maybe i'm completely yeah over overshooting the uh the the ceiling on that but i don't yeah. know
0: i think it would be helpful just because like well when i was in college i started like a ux design club mm-hmm. so like my passion was in helping like other people get internships and like helping other people learn about it so i think mm-hmm. That's probably going to be an area that I explore.
1: Just yeah, yeah, it's fun. It, yeah, no, it, it, I mean, it seems like it seems like you know a lot about it. You're passionate about it, so I would say, mm-hmm. fucking do it. Do what you love. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And uh, and and the idea that you can do what you love and potentially make a living doing that, monetize it. Exactly, that's
0: the solution to everything.
1: It is execute and monetize. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- those are your two. Your two keys.
0: Two life lessons from Lauren.
1: I, uh, I'm i batting 500 on those. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there someday. Yeah, yeah. We'll, it'll uh, It's all a work in progress. Uh, it weren't, I mean, who knows? This 400 square foot apartment could turn into a 60,000 square foot mansion. You know what I'm saying? Watch out, world. <laughs> yeah, watch out, world. That's exactly what I'm saying. But no, uh, this has been good. I, I appreciate you doing this. Thank you. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to uh, do? You want to plug anything? Any Instagram? Any stuff like that? You know,
0: yeah. Don't follow me on Instagram. That's. <laughs> I don't need any followers. Honestly, <laughs> no good content there. Yeah. I'll let you know when the when my podcast is launched. Yeah.
1: No. I want to do. Uh. I want to do a, a follow up at some point. Uh, okay. Yeah. I no, like that. Real. I want to do a follow up. Uh. Once it's off the ground and and going and all that. I I want to know. After a little while, I want to know kind of how it's going. So,
0: a podcast duo, yeah, merging podcasts,
1: boom. I think they call that a collab.
0: That's the word that I couldn't think of, <laughs>
1: uh, but yeah, no, we'll definitely, we'll definitely collab. We'll definitely, uh, m- maybe I'll uh, monetize you to okay to redesign a website, okay? Yeah, that works because because uh, I was looking at mine and I'm like, this could change. <laughs> <laughs> But no, uh, like I said, appreciate you doing this, and uh, we will circle back at some point. Sounds good. All right. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming. All right, everybody, that's all we got. So, uh, as always, follow me on social media at Paul underscore d Check me out online at thepaulshow.net. And, uh, yeah, that's all we got. Later.